Welcome to another PI World podcast. This is an audio-only version offered as another way to enjoy our great content. A full video version can be seen on piworld.co.uk, where you can find many more videos of interest to investors. Welcome everyone to the Acral Group Investor Roadshow for full year 23. Joining me is Chris Welsh, and you'll meet Chris in a moment when he takes you through some of the financial slides and bridges. So for some of you that don't know the business that well, I thought it'd be useful to start off with a slide that just tries to cover the size of our business, where we fit in the UK market, but also give a bit of a summary of where we've ended at full year 23. So we've seen some quite significant sales revenue growth to just under 245 million, 242 million sterling sales. That's been driven uh, in the main by price increases. Uh, but also uh, just under 8% volume growth uh, in the year. As a business, we now supply uh, virtually every retailer uh, uh, in the UK. Uh, And just as a reminder, we we don't have any one customer that's bigger than 20%. And in the year, we've seen our total market share grow to just under 22%, up 200 basis points, which is a considerable increase in market share in the year. And we've seen our gross margins decline slightly, but we'll explain the run rate. And that has been driven purely by the lag on the very first price increase that impacted the business. Clearly a very good year, very pleased. The outcome of our EBITDA performance at just over 15.5 million, 15.6 million EBITDA is clearly a pleasing position to be in. So as a reminder about what we do, we do split our business into two parts. For those that you don't realise it, the UK uh, in toilet tissue and kitchen towel uh, is bought and sold in in three categories. So there's a luxury end where we compete with the the brands as a premium uh, uh, section and there's an economy entry level. Um, What we've seen over the last five years is, is the actual business has changed quite dramatically. Uh, five years ago, probably probably ninety five percent of our of our work was in the economy level, um, with very little uh, in premium and luxury. Uh, and today, our business sits very strongly with the dominant volume in the luxury end. We compete very aggressively with the brands on softness for toilet tissue and absorbency for kitchen towel. But also don't be mistaken thinking that the margins that we make are different. So one of the areas that we've worked incredibly hard is ensuring that we've got a real consistency of margin, whether it's an economy product, whether it's a premium product, whether it's a luxury product. And certainly what we're seeing as we entered uh, full year 24 is the consumer in the UK was moving away from the brands. And I'll, I'll touch on market share in a moment but moving away from brands into our luxury area. But we're also seeing people move uh, from luxury back into into premium and premium into economy. Clearly, the cost of living crisis has helped us, uh, and we've certainly seen that as we we entered full year 24, and I'll I'll give you more of a flavour of how we've seen the market towards the end. And our facial tissue and wet white business were at the moment relatively modest. Our facial tissue business was turning over around 20 million pounds, up from 10 million probably two or three years ago. Today, the run rate is around 25, and we've got a capacity of around 30 million in our facial tissue business. And again, I'll give you a flavor about what's happening in that market in a moment, but our softy range is the fastest growing branded product now in the UK market. And our John Dale business, the wet white business, has been a real star within the group. Small beginnings with about one and a half million pounds of the sales when we first bought John Dale, now all of that volume is in flushable wipes. Run rate, as we exited full year 23, was just sub £10 million. We sold just over £6 million in full year 23. We've got a new uh, wet wipe machine arriving uh, in the middle of, of next calendar year, uh, which will allow that business to grow uh, to circa £30 million plus. Uh, we've got an incredibly strong pipeline uh, and access to the retailers is critical uh, as we as we add this uh, this additional uh, product to our range. Clearly, the, the 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 range of customers that we have in the UK um, significantly helps us to allow the business to grow enormously. 
So really strong performance across all of our businesses. So capacities for our business. Our toilet roll and kitchen towel business has a capacity of around £200 million. Today, the run rate is around 200. Facial tissue, as I said earlier, current capacity post-investment is around £30 million. And our wet wipe business, as I said earlier, is around 30 as well. We know we are now the lowest cost producer in the UK with regard to toilet roll, kitchen towel, facial tissue. Um, with the new business coming into our John Dale business, we're very confident about driving the costs also down in that business as well. We've completed our final automation in the Leyland business. We've spent now the best part of £25 million in investment since 2019. Uh, and some of the performances we've seen in operational output across all of our businesses has been significant uh, in full year 23. This has mainly been driven by our automation of all of our sites. So the final uh, um, location to be completed was our Leyland business. Uh, now all of our, our operations are, are fully automated. And the only human intervention now is when you put reels onto machines and when we put pallets uh, onto lorries, the rest is fully automated. And, and if you've got time, it would be useful to uh, to go onto our website. And there's a, there's a two-minute video, give you a real flavor of the level of automation in the business, the investments we've made. Um, it's a real um, uh, uh, snapshot of the quality of assets we now have in the UK. We've also seen significant revenue per head numbers improve within the acro operations. When I joined in late 2017, a revenue per head in the Acro estate then was around £150,000. And today we sit at just under £600,000, £576,000. And that compares very favourably with some of the big brand owners in Essity and Kimberley Clark. But the operational performance of our business, you have to be pretty relentless. And it's something that we will never be complacent about improvement across all of our operations. So a summary of our performance for full year 23, as I said on slide one, revenues were up significantly, just over 50% to £242 million. Really pleased around the volume growth in a flat market, just under 8% volume growth. And that has driven uh, our market share, as I said earlier, up by 200 basis points now to 21.5% on a volume basis. We think measuring on volume is a fair and consistent way of doing it. Market share in full year 22 was 19.5%. And there's a reminder in late 2016, market share was 7%. So the acro business has grown substantially over the last five years to be a major player in the UK market. Uh, again, EBITDA returns up just over 70% to 15.6 million. Uh, and pleasing that we've seen a further reduction in our net debt to, to just under £27 million, pounds, uh, or 1.7 times uh, our EBITDA performance. And we expect full year 24 net debt to be less than one times. Again, output per head up again at 7%. And I think the key point regarding capital is the major capital investment in the group is now behind us. Our ongoing maintenance capital in the organization is between three and four million pounds so i'll pass over to chris uh, who will take you through the next few slides and just give you a real flavor uh, and color on uh, on some of the financial performance of the group so over to you chris thanks gareth afternoon everybody so just a summary of our financial performance with some more detailed bridges to come Touching on revenue first, as Gareth mentioned, a significant growth in top line revenue to deliver just under 242 million, which marked a 52% year on year growth that was underpinned by around 8% of volume growth and then four separate price increases, um, which were which were implemented um, throughout FY23. And I've got a bridge which will detail each of those out further later on. Um, and what that what that meant was that across ultimate market share um, grew by 200 basis points up to just under 22% in the year, which marks a significant improvement over the last few years, the reference back to 2017, when market share was around 6%. Moving down the PL, that means that a return of about 15.6 million EBITDA, which is a strong growth year on year of around 71% increase, with a partial time lag that was created due to the inflationary pressures that we saw coming through on our key 
raw materials and other prices coming through. Ultimately, that delivered a margin performance at an EBITDA level of just under 7%, which we expect to and forecast improvement in that margin return and indeed gross returns as we look out into FY24. And then the final headline just around CapEx, total CapEx in the year, just over 10 million. And the real story there is what that marked is the end of our significant investment into automation, where we have now fully automated the whole of the core tissue business and implemented some new lines, particularly into our Leyland facility. And moving forward, we expect that um, CapEx will return to more sustaining and maintenance levels of around the three to four million range, which will broadly equal depreciation moving forward. And very similar information, just presented in a slightly different way. I think the number I want to draw attention to in here is just around the net debt position, which reduced from a gross perspective down to below 27 million in the year. The real improvement there is a reduction to 1.7 times levered at the end of FY23 versus around three times levered at the end of FY22. And as Gareth touched on, we are expecting that to continue to improve and head towards around one times at the end of FY24. Thank you, Chris. So I touched on this earlier. I think it's important to understand the dynamics that's happening in the market. There's clearly been a shift change, as you see from full year 22, from branded products into private label. As a reminder, this is the highest market share data that we've seen private label move to um, uh, in in the history in the UK. And also as a reminder, uh, for those that don't realise it, but in mainland Europe, um, we've seen uh, significant changes over the last five to 10 years where the branded products in the market have almost disappeared. So... Quite an an important time for us. We see this trend continuing, and certainly it's what we've seen as we entered full year 24. As you'd expect, the overall market grows with population growth. But in this period, in a relatively flat market, the acral business, as I said earlier, has grown just under 8%. And the drive of our growth is all around getting the products right. So we've done a huge amount of work of ensuring that our toilet tissue is as soft uh, and will compete with the, the 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 brand leaders in toilet tissue. Uh, and again, similarly with, with Kitchen Towel, we've done a huge amount of work in developing uh, uh, absorbency of products so that we can compete with the market leaders. And understanding the market is critical because we supply every retailer in the UK. Unlike many of our competitors in the UK market, we're not dominated by any one retailer. And that is what's helped drive our market share significantly over the last five years. What do we expect to happen over the next three years? We expect to continue to grow. The market dynamics are changing. We've tried as best we can with regard to volume, give some idea of where Acral sits with regard to the UK market. In essence, there are two other private label manufacturers in Vepa and Sofidel. And then the branded players are Kimberly Clark, and as a reminder there, the Andrex manufacturers and Essity. Uh, Kimberly Clark has one private label customer in Waitrose. Essity again has one with Sainsbury's. So a very small competition in the UK market, with in effect five manufacturers holding ninety percent of the UK market. So a little bit more of a deep dive into our market shares. I won't go into huge detail here. I think it's something that you can look at in a little bit more detail later. But just to give you some sort of idea, the way that this slide works is the total market includes wet wipes. So because of our acquisition of John Dale, we think it's important for people to understand the size of that market. And this is only capturing the personal care wet wipes. So this is baby wipes. This is makeup wipe removals, etc. That's worth about £500 million. Clearly, we've got a very small market share. 95% of our product we now produce out of John Dale is a water industry approved uh, wipe. Uh, If you put one of these into a glass of water, it will disintegrate. You can flush them uh, down the toilet. Um, What we are seeing in the retailer base that we supply is a real demand for Um, water industry approved wipes. So we're in an incredibly strong position to see that business grow. 
Uh, we would expect over the next uh, 18 months to three years for that business to grow to around about 30 million pounds. We've got an incredibly strong pipeline. Um, it's one of our highest margin uh, margin businesses, um, along with with our facial business. So uh, big opportunities within our within our uh, wet white business. And you can see there our market share of the private label market and obviously our market share growth in branded. And again, we'll touch on a little bit more on the branded products. But in toilet roll, we have an elegance product. In kitchen towel, it's Magnum kitchen towel. And we have the fastest growing now brand in kitchen towel in the UK, along with the fastest growing softy facial tissue brand in the UK. Clearly, large amounts for us to target. But that's where we see most of our growth is as the consumer switches out of high cost branded products into great value private label products that we are seeing all of our growth. And as the cost of living crisis continues to impact the UK with products that are everyday items, once someone swaps and realizes that the, the product from Acryl is as good, if not better than the branded product, they never swap back. Uh, so real uh, big opportunities for us uh, over the next uh, two, three years um, uh, that we're really excited about. So a little bit more detail on each of our categories. So as I said, toilet tissue in a relatively flat market, we've seen further growth, kitchen towel quite substantial, and that's on the back of our Magnum range. And as I said, our facial tissue business has also grown substantially. We also have developed our own direct-to-consumer subscription model in our Oceans range, um, which is a plastic-free range of products that includes toilet roll, kitchen towel. It'll have soon facial tissues. It's got laundry towels in addition to wet wipes. And we've seen quite significant revenue growth in that part of our business. We don't see this taking over the world. But what we do see is there's great opportunities for us to develop new ideas, new products, and test the market. Oceans is now the fastest growing direct-to-consumer product in the UK and an area that we see growing to between 40 and 50 million pounds in revenue terms. Again, on our wet white business, we've seen significant growth since the acquisition of just under 170%. But with the products we've now developed, uh, we see this part of our organization growing quite substantially. As I said earlier, we've invested in a new wet wipe machine, which comes on stream in the middle of next year, which will allow this business to grow substantially. Our pipeline um, and contacts with all of the retailers is significantly strong, uh, and we're very confident about, um, about the growth in this particular area. And we also have an incredibly strong reputation with all of our customers, our service offering is exceptional. We are either number one or number two in OTIF service performance with all of the retailers. And that's pretty critical when you add that to having the best possible products that we can. Giving the retailers incredibly good service is really important to that growth number that's been delivered and our growth expectations going forward. So I'll, I'll pass over to Chris now. We'll take you through some of the financial bridges to give you a real flavour about how our, our business has grown over the last 12 months. Thanks, Gareth. Um, so just a, a slightly more detailed view of our revenue growth in FY22, moving through to FY23 to ultimately deliver the 242 million that we previously mentioned. Firstly, underpinned by just under 8% of, of volume growth, which added around 11 million to the top line, and then a subsequent four separate price increases spread across FY23, which contributed around 70 million to the top line growth, ultimately represented 100% of our price inflationary pressures coming through on our raw material and input costs being passed through to our customers. Each one of those price increases throughout the year was implemented in a quicker and more efficient way than the previous one, and as I say, ultimately underpinned significant growth year on year at the revenue line of about 52%. Very similar bridge just to represent our growth in EBITDA, moving from around 9 million in FY22 through to just under 16 million in FY23, as we've previously mentioned. And I think this chart best illustrates the point we're making around the significant pass-through of price inflation, where you can see the large 72 million price increase broadly offsetting the paper cost increase that we saw come through, representing 100% of our price inflationary 
pressure being passed through to customers. And then in terms of other costs around material and haulage, I think the, the key thing there is that as an organization, we remain relentless in our approach to, to looking at our, our cost base and broadly manage that year on year um, to remain flat, despite the significant inflationary pressures the, 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 the wider economy and indeed our business faced at that time. I think as we look out into FY24, we see and expect further margin improvement as the lag created from those inflationary pressures being passed through now broadly unwinds and we see the business returning to more historic levels of gross profit margin and indeed ultimately coming through to EBITDA margin as well. On a net debt basis, as I previously mentioned, an improvement in the gross number now reducing below 27 million but ultimately an improvement to 1.7 times levered, where previously in FY22, around three times levered. And what the story behind that is ultimately strong EBITDA delivery of the 16 million that we've spoken about, and then a cash outflow predominantly in our CapEx and the significant CapEx program that we undertook, as I previously mentioned, was the completion of the significant automation to our core tissue business and laying new lines into our Leyland facility in particular. And ultimately, moving forward, we expect CapEx to return to more like sustaining maintenance CapEx levels of the 3 to 4 million range, which will ultimately um, align more with depreciation as we move forward. Thank you, Chris. Clearly, really important that we give you a summary of the operational performance of the business. Over the last four years, we've seen some significant changes in the organization. And full year 23 was the completion of a lot of work that's gone on in the group. As I said earlier, we've finalized the automation of our Leyland factory. And the overall business in full year 23 produced just over 1 billion rolls in kitchen towel and toilet roll, which is a significant milestone for the group. We've seen also the final completion of a fully integrated IT system, an Oracle-based end-to-end IT system that gives us clarity on all parts of our business from goods in to the stock position and how that is then delivered to the retailers. That IT system has enabled us to exit uh, one of our third-party warehouses, which will positively impact full year 24 and underpin it by around £700,000. As Chris also mentioned on logistics, logistics are our second biggest cost after tissue input costs. And the move to 38 millimeter cores uh, across the board uh, has has meant a significant reduction in vehicle movements uh, of of just over 5% uh, uh, and a significant increase in numbers of of product on on each pallet. Uh, And then we're also now... As we've been able to simplify our business even further with regard to the tissue types we are using, we're bringing a lot more of our reels direct to our factories. And again, the ongoing annualized saving of those that will impact uh, full year 24 and beyond is over a million pounds a year. And then finally, something that we're really, really proud of is um, in full year uh, 22, uh, we, we started a training hub where individuals could could access uh, online training facilities for their own personal development. Uh, and we've completed over 4,500 uh, training hours in full year 23. Uh, and we we have a, an employee survey that we run uh, twice a year and the engagement scores um, uh, achieved in the, in the latest uh, employee survey was, was 83%, which is the highest I've ever achieved in my in my operational manufacturing career, which is something that we're very proud of. So just some ESG highlights. I think it's really important to understand what a difference that we are making in each year of operation. As a reminder, we are the only UK tissue business who is accredited uh, member of the Living Wage Group. We believe very strongly that manufacturing is an opportunity for people to earn a decent wage. We've clearly uh, automated all of the low-cost roles in our organisation, but I'm also very keen, and we as an organisation are very keen to ensure that there are real careers for individuals in our organisation and something that we are very proud of with regard to the living wage accreditation. 
Uh, I mentioned this earlier, output per head is up 7%, and this wasn't from a poor level of performance. The business has been delivering some significant improvement for the last three years. So again, we're really pleased. And that's mainly driven through the full impact of automation of all of our sites. Uh, because of the 38 millimeter cores and some other work that we've been doing, uh, we've seen a 15% reduction in our plastic wrap. Um, we've also seen another significant reduction in our total waste produced in the business. Uh, and as a reminder, uh, uh, we were already in this position, but 100% of our of our waste produced uh, is recycled. Nothing goes to landfill in our organization. Uh, another area that I'm particularly pleased about because uh, they make a significant difference to the performance of the group. We now have uh, 26% of all leadership roles are now held by, by, by women in our group. Uh, that was up from 6 or 7% uh, in 2017. We also bring health to work. So there's an annual free health check for all employees. But we're very conscious of the fact that we are still a male-dominated uh, workforce uh, and and males sadly um, tend not to go to to their GP. So we we started to to bring the GP uh, to the workplace. Clearly, it's it's voluntary; you don't have to do it. But we know that uh, keeping a healthy workforce is is really important. Uh, total number of accidents in the group were down ten percent in the year. Our Leicester operation has now gone three years without an accident. The transformation in health and safety in our group is monumental. And another key standard for me is around absence. So whilst we have a very good sick scheme in place for employees, our absence within the group in full year 24 was less than 2%. For me, a 1.7% absenteeism level is truly world-class. So strategic review, and Chris mentioned this early on capital, our major capital investment is very much behind us. As I said earlier, we've spent the best part of £25 million on major capital projects in automating the business. We have, in effect, now brand new sites in Blackburn, in Leyland, and in Leicester. And with the investment going into John Dale, we'll, we'll, we will have transformed the John Dale operation um, significantly from ownership. And you start to see that in revenues per head. I mentioned this earlier. We've seen a marked improvement in our revenues from early 2018 of £150,000. Today, we're at £530,000 and growing. Overall headcount, on a like-for-like -like basis, that number has probably gone from 695 to 275. Clearly, when we add the acquisitions in, uh, there's been some employee growth there. But today, our headcount is around 420, following the completion of the automation in Leyland. And we probably see our headcount on a like-for-like -like volume basis of around 400, the high 390s. So uh, a, a real uh, change in, in operational performance uh, from when I joined in 2017 to today. Uh, and you'll see that in the in the volumes per head uh, of, has increased uh, over 150% um, since 2017. What are we going to do next? I'll touch on the mill in a moment, uh, but clearly the mill is a key part of our business going forward and how we develop the business and capture more of the EBITDA performance that we know is available if we bring in-house some of our paper manufacturing. But we've now got a core toilet and kitchen dial business with about 25% spare capacity because of operational performance, simplification in our organization that we continue to grow in. We've got a facial business that will have grown threefold. And again, we've got a very clear pipeline of taking that business to 30 million over the next 12 to 18 months. And again, the wet wipe business, uh, we expect to grow to be a £30 million business from a one that we bought two years ago where its turnover was, was £1.5 million. Uh, and again, the Oceans brand, uh, I mentioned this earlier, we, we really do see that being a £30 to £40 million uh, revenue business, um, uh, something that we can scale and add, and add new products and trial them. And we're very conscious about the cash generation which is significant in our forecasts, and then how we utilize that cash, whether that's then in a form of a dividend or whether it's a share buyback or the right M&A opportunities that arise and investing our cash in that way. But the business is an incredibly strong cash generation organization going forward. So on the mill, we will give a much more detailed formal update in early calendar Q1 next year, but the mill remains on track. We've identified the land 
we've commissioned and identified the project builders for the property. And we've also specified the machine and the supplier. Just as a reminder, this is an operation that will produce probably one, maybe two tissue types only. We know from the machine supplier that this will be uh, the most cost-effective and efficient mill in the world because of the simplification work we've already done. Uh, and clearly, uh, we'll add a, a double-digit EBITDA performance to the group. Um, it's still on track to impact us positively um, from the middle to the end of full year 25. Um, and it's something that we're really excited about. And and rightly, we will give it the, the space uh, and detail uh, in in Q1 of, of next calendar year. Outlook, clearly full year 23 has been a year that we are really pleased with. But what we are also seeing is the business now, because of our capital investment, is incredibly well positioned to take advantage of the growing private label market. We know we are the lowest cost producer in the UK. We are relentless regarding our costs. There's still further benefits that will flow through into full year 24 that we only started to capture in full year 23. We are expecting prices of, of our raw material parrot reels to, to soften. Uh, we do expect, and we have been proactive in passing um, some of those cost um, reductions onto, uh, onto the retailers, uh, but we are seeing our, our margins return faster than expected. Um, we were forecasting this, but the, the reduction in tissue pricing has been a little bit quicker than we expected. And therefore, the, the margin recovery back to pre-pandemic levels uh, has been quicker than we expected. And for that, we, we, we adjusted uh, the board expectations on, on full year 24 um, performance. Uh, and I believe that the analysts uh, upgraded our numbers by 5 or 6% accordingly. Uh, as I said a moment ago, the cash generation in the group is significant with limited capital required going forward, uh, other than maintenance capex, as Chris said, around three to four million. The generation in cash is significant. The debt reduction is quicker than we thought. And we're in a really strong position to take advantage of a market that's growing incredibly strongly in the UK. So we look forward in full year 24 with, with a lot of confidence um, uh, and, and also look a look, look back at a business we now see uh, is incredibly well invested and something that we're all uh, really quite proud of. So at that moment, I'll stop and um, uh, for any questions. And we've got the first question here. Are you affected by the closure of Wilco? And if so, how? So um, Wilco was a, a customer of ours. Uh, we, it was a, it was a, a pro forma um, uh, customer um, that we that we were managing very closely. Um, the the irony is, I, I believe the majority of uh, of of their well, their business will flow into people like um, Home Bargains, into B and M, um, uh, a number of other similar discounters. Um, and we we are sole supply at at B and M. We are the biggest supplier uh, in uh, in home bargains um what we are seeing is is a a flow of that volume uh, into into those operations and one of the benefits of us supplying every retailer in the UK is when we see uh, some some winners and some losers our intention is to ensure that we we're always backing uh, the winning horse uh, we'd like some more volume with a few other retailers, but, but our our market position is incredibly strong to take advantage of whatever whatever impacts the UK market. So, are there any costs associated with the closure? Uh, not substantial costs, to my knowledge, no. And what's next for product expansion? And related to that, will you use your customer base to grow outside paper goods? So we we will. Um, I, I, I think people that, that aren't living and breathing toilet roll and kitchen towel every day probably don't realise how dynamic the business is uh, and the sector. So there is a lot of, uh, of product development, uh, something that we that we have a huge amount about knowledge with the customer base that we have about what works, what doesn't work. Uh, we're seeing a lot more um, 
conversations with our retailers about how we can help them continue to grow. Um, the common theme that we have with, with the retailers is that all of them want to increase their private label sales at the detriment of brands. They make a bigger margin um, with our products and they do with brands. So there's a, there's a, um, there's a joint effort uh, at, at, at growing the private label sector. So, um, you know, we've, we've seen um, a, a number of new innovations, new products come to market with, with our uh, John Dale business. Clearly we've been leading the, uh, the flushable wet wipe uh, uh, market. Um, clearly our pipeline is incredibly strong because of that. We believe we are one of only two manufacturers in the UK that is capable of producing uh, at, at scale um, uh, a flushable wipe um, that's made out of, in effect, tissue. Uh, and the only other, the, the, the competitor we have has only one machine that's capable of doing it. Um, so we think we've got a, a real advantage there. Um, our oceans business, we've we've just launched a a a a new laundry towel, um, uh, which uh, it, it replaces or would replace um, a, a a laundry powder. Um, the benefit of this is it doesn't have any uh, microplastics within it. It's a it's in effect a, a paper towel that's impregnated with with a cleaning agent with no microplastics. Um, and we see oceans and that direct-to-consumer opportunity as, as an area that we can we can try things. Um, I think it's important for businesses to have a, an area that you can fail safely. Um, you want to try a few things. Some things will work. Some things will not work. Uh, and oceans is an opportunity for us to try uh, uh, particular products direct-to-consumer. And then we can then scale them at real pace, as we've done with, with uh, John Dale and the wet white business. So um, we see uh, opportunities um, uh, in the in the tissue space uh, and in the household products space. So there's a number of of, of new uh, products that we're trialing uh, and developing, uh, and uh, it's certainly a very exciting area uh, for us going forward. And what's happening with government regulation on wet wipes? Will there be increased competition driven by that regulation? Well, I, I think I, I, I think I said this earlier. I, I think the challenge for for the big uh, wet wipe manufacturers in the UK is much of their asset base cannot run a truly flushable wipe because of the the nature of the way that you manufacture the product. Um, most of them need to have a material that flows through their machines that's 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 very that's strong. And the the reality is the only way that they're able to do that is by using a um a, a plastic based wipe our machines at, at John Dale and the new one that we purchased don't don't operate in that way um uh, the other other key element is that there are a large number of retailers now wanting UK manufacturing for their wipes so a lot of wipes are brought in from uh, from Israel uh, and from further afield uh, and there's a real drive for the consumer to have a a UK manufactured solution. Um, clearly, we've got an advantage today. Uh, we're not naive enough to think that that will remain forever. But the the size of the market we want to win is about seven percent of the total market. We're currently around one. Um, so, and we believe that that our relationship we have with the retailers, the ability that we'll be able to supply a, a mixed load of product. Um, I think is a real competitive advantage and it and it just adds to the range of paper-based products that we that we can now supply into the retailers. So exciting times for us with regard to wipes. Uh, and if the government bring in legislation that bans plastic-based wipes, it will only accelerate our performance. Um, can you explain foreign exchange losses in more detail? We buy our our uh, for those that don't don't realize it we buy our tissue uh in dollars all of our um uh, uh paper is 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 denominated in that currency uh, as an organization we're not we, we're not a, we're not a hedging group we take out hedging policies uh normally on a three monthly rolling basis um and and in the year full year 23 just gone um 
Uh, there's been some specific, uh, very unusual uh, market dynamics, uh, it, it, uh, mainly around the time that, that we had a, a prime minister for 42 days and she endeavoured to destroy a, a, a UK market um, uh, quite successfully. And we saw some quite significant changes during that period in, in FX rates that impacted us that clearly are an unusual um, uh, period. It's something that we wouldn't normally expect to see. Uh, and certainly all we try to do as a business is ensure that we have a, a clear understanding of what the sterling cost of paper is and that gets factored into our pricing to the retailers. And that's that's what drives any price increases um, to them. So it's um, we don't have any any particular complicated uh, FX rates. But in that particular period, um, the the premiership of Liz Trust for 42 days had a dramatic impact on on all uh, currencies for that very short period. And what's the interest rate impact on the debt? And if they are higher for longer, how will it affect the business? Chris, do you want to take that one? Yeah, so our our debt is, is structured across um, a few different facilities. We have an RCF facility, um, which you'll see in our annual report, we've just um, successfully um, renewed and extended. Um, and we have a, an invoice discounting facility um, and indeed some, some asset back lending on, on specific machinery. And broadly, that, that follows a, a market-based rate um, uh, of Sonia plus, plus 2% to 3% type range. My supermarket brand toilet rolls are now twice the length as before. Is it possible that consumers have not fully adjusted to this and now store more toilet paper than before, leading to a one-off jump in sales, which will not repeat and may gradually unwind? Um, uh, so uh, you, 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 will, uh, you will see across the UK uh, double rolls. So what we're seeing uh, a lot, uh, the moment is a lot of retailers moving to um, um, roles with 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 double the um, with double the volume in them. Um, I, we 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 don't see uh, and and it, and it's been happening for the last probably the last five months um, at different phases of move to double roles. Um, we haven't seen um, uh, a sudden. Uh, increase in 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 volumes, and then and then no sales. It it, it I, I wish it was well. I'm I'm pleased to say that the market really isn't that that dramatic. The only time that it it's a was a problem was during the pandemic when everyone decided that they were going to run out of toilet paper. Um, that's not that wasn't the greatest period in uh, in manufacturing for lots of for lots of organizations when people start panic buying but no we, we've not seen a difference uh, and just as a for those that I, I didn't realize this but if you go back I think it's 10 years might be 11 years uh the market was double rolls was double rolls then and, and what will happen over the next the next five six seven years is that it will slowly deteriorate back down to smaller rolls so um, or smaller sheets on the rolls so it's not unusual. This it's not. It's it's happened before. Um, but to answer this specific question, have we will we see a, a lull in sales? No, we haven't. Uh, and it's been it's been going on for five months. So I think the only other point I would draw attention to there, Gareth, if, if, if I may, is it actually um, drives some um, significant operational efficiencies for us in that we can run our machines for 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 longer because we're making making longer rolls. But indeed. There's incremental savings coming through. There are less core boards in a roll. There's less plastic wrap in a roll. So it actually drives margin improvement and um, efficiency um, in terms of performance for us as well. And you mentioned that EBITDA performance is going to go to the high teens. Is that the post-mill target? It was previously EBITDA in the teens. When will Acrol achieve these teens? I, 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 I'll probably cover it in two parts just just so we're really clear i've always seen so I, i'm gonna ignore the mill to begin with um so you know th th this when i joined acryl we had um we had we had lots of small yeah and acryl was one of them well acryl was a small independent six percent market share there was lots of people with lots of small amounts of market share 
Um, and the reason why I got excited about Acral uh, and I knew that we would get this organization um, into a strong position is, is that it reminded me of the corrugated industry of 10 years earlier, uh, where lots of independence and what happened in the corrugated industry, you got down to, to three major players in the UK. Uh, and the result of that, of that, size scale of those operations was businesses that made teeny bit dar returns so low teeny bit dar returns um and that's certainly what i saw in in acral that if you could have an operation that was well invested um the the, the market consolidated through acquis through acquisitions um the market grew um then you'd end up with a with a, a sector that the 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 players within that make teeny bit dar returns um, uh, and that's certainly what we are now seeing. The reality today is, is that we've now got three suppliers. So there are only three of us in the UK that that account for about 90% of the UK private label market. Um, the other branded players are sensible. They want to make a decent return. Uh, they also have high cost base, so they have to make a certain margin. Um, so the well-invested uh, operations will will make uh, a, 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 a sensible level of return. Um, if I then add a, a mill to the acral business, that adds another another teen EBITDA number to the to the operation that that clearly then further enhances the profitability of the group. Uh, clearly, having our own mill is quite important. Um, it opens up um, additional uh, volume growth for us. Um, uh, as a as a business um so you know the market has changed dramatically over the last five years um to a to a place that that i recognize i see having worked in the paper industry for the last 20 years when you get a a market that is in effect covered by three manufacturers um then the the level of return becomes a sensible level of return uh, and that's the sort of business that that we are seeing today uh, and we see as we look forward. And regarding the mill, can you explain the difference between the total cash consideration of 10 million, including working capital, and the total investment costs, including land, building and machinery, are expected to be less than 50 million with the business owning the land and buildings? Chris, do you want to, do you want to take the, the just the... Um, yeah, the, the the financial mathematics that we've shared um, yeah. with, with investors. Yeah, no problem. Um, so just to, to touch on those, um, the, the numbers you've quoted there are, are, are correct. We expect the, the total project um, in sterling terms to be around 50, 55 million, um, of which there will be an initial cash outflow. So a net, a net spend on initial cash outflow of around 10 million sterling. That 10 million sterling will be spread, but largely back-weighted um, to the 18-month the build time that Gareth alluded to earlier. And that 10 million includes approximately a 5 million injection into, into startup working capital. The remaining 5 million of that initial cash outlay, outflow broadly represents um, deposits for um, the machine and the land and buildings. Which, as you as you as you alluded to in the question, yes, the plan is that we will fundamentally own the land and buildings, um, and that will then um, the remaining cost of around fifteen million in total um, will be underpinned by um, some form of local bank borrowing, local debt, um, effectively a mortgage, and then um, the total machine cost of around circa thirty to thirty-five million um, will be underpinned by um, some borrowing specific to that machine which will be repaid out of the EBITDA earnings of the machine over a period of time to be determined. And what are the benefits of the mill? The simplification of our tissue grading means that the, 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 the mill that we, will, that, we will, that we will build, invest in, um, will be one of the most efficient mills in the world. We, we know that from the, from the machine manufacturer, how excited they are. Um, it, it means that that the amount of tissue that we are buying on an annualized basis becomes a little bit more manageable. Clearly buying, you know, we are the biggest purchase of tissue, uh, I was told, in the world. We're definitely the biggest in, across Europe. 
Uh, and I don't think that's a, a league table that I particularly wanted to be top of. Um, it will allow us to, um, it will give us further strength with regard to, to purchasing because we're buying a, a smaller amount of tissue. But clearly it also gives us uh, an, EBIT, an EBITDA capture that our suppliers currently benefit from. Uh, and then finally, it 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 gives us access um, to more opportunities within the retailers. Uh, some of the very large um, grocers do like a major supplier to also manufacture tissue. Um, so the opportunities for further growth for us is is pretty significant. Uh, so there's quite a lot of things that that the mill does to us um in a positive way um but uh, you know it, it 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 clearly is a step change for the group and something that just to be clear uh, you know, i whilst i've not i've not been involved in running and building um a tissue machine i have been involved and so uh, as a, a number of my colleagues uh, been been involved in bu building corrugated case machine machinery uh, and running those, uh, which are su substantially bigger operations. So we have the expertise. We're very confident about it. Um, the risks are, of of the investment are are certainly minimal, uh, and we're very confident of delivering uh, on the promises that we've that we've outlined uh, to shareholders already. Tremendous. Thank you very much. We do have more questions, but we've run out of time. Gareth, do you have any closing remarks? No, I'd just like to, you know, I, I really appreciate um, the the investors that, that join these calls. Uh, I appreciate the time that they've given to, con to consider uh, Acryl as an investment. Uh, clearly, I'm slightly biased. You know, this is a this is a really strong business now. Um, uh, look at the video on the website. Um, it's a market that that is growing substantially. We are we are leading that growth. We're incredibly well invested. Uh, all of the hard yards are very much behind us, and we're really excited about full year twenty four and beyond. Uh, and thank you for listening. PI World videos and podcasts are for general information and interest. They do not constitute any kind of recommendation or inducement to buy shares of any company. PI World is not offering any kind of financial advice and nothing in our material should be taken as such.